Happy Mother's Day to all you moms out there worshiping with us today. We are just so excited that you've decided to join us on this day. Uh, we hope that you have a wonderful day and that everyone is spoiling you like you deserve today. We're so excited you decided to worship with us, everyone, and um, I'm your host, Pastor Jason. We're excited about continuing the state of the church, um, engaging the vision as Pastor James continues this week, um, as uh, we learn more about how we can all connect to the uh, vision for Salem Fields over the next five years. We're excited about all the different things that are going on. We're really excited that you decided to join us, and we want to make sure that we're staying connected to you. So if you can, please take the time to fill out your connection card today. You can go to SalemFields.com slash contact, and um, that's just a great way for you to let us know um, how we can uh, better serve you here at your uh, church here at Salem Fields. Um, also, at the end of the service, we're going to be talking about the My Decision Cards, and we want to make sure that uh, you uh, connect through the message and um, are able to engage, and we want to help you engage through all that we've got going on. Um, some exciting things that are going on here have some uh, baby dedications that are going to be taking place um, at the end of the month. If uh, you would love to have your child dedicated, uh, please email us at info at salemfields.com and um, we, will, uh, we will get in touch with you about what that means and how uh, you can get involved for that service that day. Um, you know, we also want to make sure that you, everyone is continually faithfully give in your tithes and offerings because this is just, again, a way that we continue to uh, engage God in worship. And also those tithes and offerings are a way that we can continue to do ministry to uh, you here online and around the world. And we're so excited about that. So we just want to make sure you have a great day, uh, that you're ready to just worship. So let's just set aside everything and focus in on what God has for us today. And we're excited uh, about what's happening. So much has changed this past year, but one thing has stayed the same. Our need for the mothers in our lives. When we're most weary, moms continue to nurture, encourage, and model selflessness. Mothers often seem to hold the world together. In big ways and small, we acknowledge all they, all you, do. Center stage and behind the scenes, tangible and intangible. We thank God for how you love and support. A care package of favorite things, a home-cooked meal, a note that makes us laugh, a full-bodied hug, a gentle word of advice, a clean house when we come home. We celebrate the young mothers who nurture their little ones with their own bodies, the mothers who dedicate their time to fostering the gifts of their children, the grandmothers who remember every birthday, the mother figures and godmothers who give of their resources time and laughter. In person or miles away, the mothers and mother figures in our lives bless us. And we're so grateful. You deserve more than one day of gratitude because you give of yourself every day in so many ways. Still, we pause today to acknowledge you and thank God for you. Happy Mother's Day. Good morning, everyone. How are you? Jeremy, how are you? Okay. Jeremy, come on up here. No, I'm just kidding. All right, so 
Glad you all are here. We're so thankful to be with you. Happy Mother's Day. Um, couldn't be more thankful for all of you who have taken the time to uh, mother most of us. Some of us, even as grown men, require more mothering, and uh, we appreciate that. So all of you that do that, thank you. Um, but let's, let's just pray for everyone, our mothers. Lord, thank you so much for um, all that you've given us, God. Thank you for your wisdom. God, thank you for placing people in our lives that exemplify your heart of protection, your heart of love, your nurturing heart, God. Lord, thank you for all the mothers that are here and watching online and those that couldn't be here, those that have left us that are in heaven, Father, with you. And just so thankful, God, for the impact of mothers in our lives. And Lord, not just those that give birth, Lord. There's so much more. There's, there are those that have adopted, Father, those that have, have brought children into a home of love and of hope when, uh, when they were just alone hopeless. Those that foster children, that transition children out of terrible situations and give them a safe place until they eventually find their forever home or end up becoming their forever parents and their forever mothers. And I'm just so thankful for them. We're thankful for grandmothers who oftentimes have to step in and become that caregiver again, Lord. We thank you for that heart. Thank you for the spiritual mothers, those that have nurtured us spiritually, those that have shared their faith, that have grown us, that have discipled us, that have taught us. Thank you for that heart and the spirit of, of motherhood that you've placed in so many. God, I'm thankful for those that, that are future mothers. I'm praying for them that you would prepare them and protect them and give them uh, people that model this, the, the strength and courage of motherhood to them. And that, Father, Lord, regardless of how they end up becoming a mother, whether it be through adoption or, or fostering or, or childbirth, whatever, that they would just, Lord, have, have the sense of who they are and how important they are. God, we're so thankful. So, Father, we just worship you today for the gift of motherhood. We thank you. We ask a special blessing on them. We pray for the, the loss of some that whose mothers are no longer with us, God, that they would hold tightly to those memories and that they would move forward carrying this legacy and passing it on, Father. Lord, we just, again, we come to you with a heart of worship. And, Father, we acknowledge who you are and what you're doing. We ask you to equip us as we push back darkness and we embrace your vision and move into the future, Father. Save us, save our community, save our country, save our world. In the name of Jesus, amen. Well, again, so thankful to have you with us this morning. Uh, as you know, we take up tithes and offerings. We don't pass buckets around because buckets are so 2019. And, um, and so we've moved beyond that. So if you want to give, we're happy for you to do that. You can use the app as usual. You can go online. If you're watching online, just above my fingers, a green give tab. Depends on how you have your screen set up. Anyway, it's up there. You can press on that or we have kiosks outside. Um, we stopped taking live animals a while back. It just got really messy. So just stick with currency of some type, which is great. Even cryptocurrency, let's do that, because that's cool now. So um, anyway, in case you're wondering, I think it's cool. 
I saw it on TV and I just had to have it, much like uh, the Floby haircutting system. Anyway, so we're, we're glad to have you. If you're a guest, we don't expect you to give. I know some places do, we don't, but we do invite you to scan the QR code. If you don't know what a QR code is, you're in the wrong church. All right, there's like a Go elsewhere. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, so well, all you do is open your camera on your phone. If you don't have a phone, then we really got to have a conversation. But you just point your phone at the QR code. It'll scan it and take you to a place where you can introduce yourself to us. We just want to be able to introduce ourselves back to you. Uh, we're not going to track you down. We stopped doing that last year. So now we just say hi. That's all we do. So let us know who you are, and we'll tell you who we are and see if we match up. It's like speed dating. Yeah, that's what it is. It's speed dating online. You just tell us who you are. We'll tell you who we are. Maybe we match up and we become church friends. That'd be great. Coming up is the Brisbane 5K. Is anybody running in the Brisbane 5K or walking? Weirdos. I mean, if you have to demonstrate your physical fitness, then by all means, come out and do it. Otherwise, I'm just kidding. We, this is for a cause, right? You, you're, we're doing this to support our friends at the Brisbane Center who do transitional housing uh, for folks. And uh, they're an amazing place. We're thankful to be partnering with them. But this, this, all the proceeds from this race um, are going to that. So they're still not too late to sign up. You can go to uh, salemfields.com front slash run and get all the information you need. But love to have you. I'll be at the start finish line clocking you in and out so your personal best can be officially recorded. I'm that guy. I'll take care of you. And if you're really nice to me, I'll even shave some time off your time. I'm willing to be bought. Is that okay? I don't know. All right, child dedications are coming up. So uh, I believe it's yeah, the 23rd at 11 a.m. If you want to sign up, salemfields.com front slash dedicate. Uh, we'd love for you to participate in that service. It's one of the kind of the cool things that we do as a church. We rally around. Apparently, it's a good way to find babysitters because people like raise their hand and they'll support you. And uh, if that means they should watch your kids for free at some point. Um, if you want to get rid of your kids, that's another service. That'll be coming up later. So we'll deal with that off offline, but this is just dedicating coming up. So just want to clarify. Some people try to bring their kids and drop them off. Don't do that. Okay. You keep them with you. State of the church report last week, uh, James was able to, to, to stand up and kind of give the vision and the mission for what's coming up. Uh, it's a huge undertaking. We're so stoked and so thankful for it. Uh, we printed these awesome pamphlets that sort of tell you where we've been in the last year, which has been crazy, but a lot of ministry happened in the last year and there's a lot going forward. So if you want that information, we have plenty of those available. They're out in the lobby. Stop by and grab one of those. And uh, so we didn't print them for nothing, okay? We did it for you so you could have something tangible. And, uh, but it's a great way for you to get engaged with what's happening. Thank you for being here. Would you please stand and worship with us? Morning, church. Happy Mother's Day. There we go. One person is excited. <laughs> Come on, let's sing together. Hallelujah In the presence of my enemies And I raise a hallelujah Louder than the unbelief Come on, I raise And I raise a hallelujah My weapon is Melody, and I raise a hallelujah. 
turn our attention to you this morning, Lord. God, you're worthy of all the praise that we have. Come on, let's focus on him. I will love 
Father, we thank you. Would you hear our cry today to know you better? To have a deeper touch. To know you as Savior, as Lord, as the one who reigns. Father, we thank you that you do reign. Despite everything that's going on around us, despite, despite of pandemics and different things like that, you are the God who's large and in charge. And so today, Father, we open our hearts, we open our minds to you so that we may know you better, so that we might be engaged in your mission to transform the world one life at a time, one eternity at a time. And so, Father, wherever we are today, maybe you're, we're here and online and, and we, we come into this service and you're not reigning, you're not at large and in charge in our lives. And maybe even before we even get to a message, we would say, Lord, today, would you be large and in charge of my life? Would you be the CEO? Would you be the God who reigns? That always takes surrender. So even in a moment like this, Right in the middle of worship in the word, we can say, God, I surrender. Here I am, reign in my life because I long to know you better. Father, thank you for what you're doing in these days, the way that you're moving and you're guiding and you're directing. Lord, we thank you for moms today. Lord, would you whisper in their ear today, that it's worth it? Would you, would you encourage them today? Would your spirit somehow smile on them? Whether they're moms by birth or by adoption or just spiritual moms, not just spiritual moms and grandmas and moms who just kind of come alongside and make a difference in the lives of children and teenagers and adults. Thank you for all that you're doing. Now, Father, as we, as we engage, as we open ourselves up, as we focus our attention for the next 30 or so minutes, would you speak to us, Father, for your servants, your belongers, we're listening. And then, Father, help us to walk out what we're hearing all around us. We thank you today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. Last week, we began to set out a new mission and new vision, I should say, for Selim Fields Community Church. And we begin to talk about kind of what God is, where God is leading us and, and what God is, uh, how God is directing us as we move into the future. And so I was, I'm so excited about that, and uh, I just believe that uh, God has a preferred future for us, and I'm excited for what he is going to do as we, as we hear and we obey. Then before I get started uh, today, I, I had a conversation this week with uh, Manu Coolbody, who is our partner in ministry in India. 
For those of you who might be new, we, are, we kind of are global community, and so we have a ministry, a church in Nigeria, and we have a, a partnership uh, in India, and we're going to start one in the Philippines real soon, so we're really excited about it. But as I was having a conversation with Manu, he began to talk to me about what I had already been seeing online and on the news, the devastation that's going through India and uh, how India has been devastated by the COVID virus. And, and we were talking a little bit about that. And he began to talk to me about how they don't have enough crematories and, and they just don't have enough oxygen and people are just dying in the street and people are losing loved ones. And, and we know that, that that is the case there because we hear about it. But one of the things that he said to me that pricked my heart was there more people who are dying because they are day laborers. They earn money by the day. They do different jobs and different things like that and earn money by the day. And he said to me, what's happening is with the lockdown and with them not being able to work because this thing is, COVID is running through the community, that more people are starving to death than they're dying from the disease. And that pricked my heart. And I know us to be a generous community and I said to Manu, I said, I will say something about it in our services. I will say something about it, encourage our people to, to give and to support your ministry there. And one of the things that he says that he, do, he does with the money is he will, he will take the money and he will give it to pastors. And then they will decide how they can use it in their community to make a difference, to make sure people get fed, to make sure kids get fed. And so I want to challenge you today, if God lays it on your heart, just go online or do the Stripe card and just kind of give, make a donation and just put India COVID-19 on it. And we will make sure that every dime of that gets to Manu Kulbadi and his parents as they continue to minister in India. God is good and God has blessed us. And I would encourage you more than just giving, also to pray. Just to pray that, that God would use Manu and he would use the ministry there that we're a part of to make a difference, to be the church in that day. I just believe that and when things like this happen, it's time for the church. It's the time when the church can stand up and be the hands and feet of God. And who knows, maybe a dollar that you'll give or a donation you will give will go to someone to keep that family alive, to keep that situation going there. And so... I just want to thank you for your generosity. You are a generous church. And I just believe God is blessing all around the world because of the way that you give, not only to that, but to Nigeria and to the World Evangelism Fund. And, um, and we will be talking later on in this series about ways in which we can support the ministry to go forward. Well, we talked about mission and vision, and that we kind of... The foundational scriptures are found in Proverbs 29, 18, which says this, where there is no vision, the people perish. Or in the message, it says it this way, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. Now, here's the reality, and you know this and I know this, that the world is littered with mission and vision statements. I mean, we see them on the walls of corporations. 
We see them on websites. We see them sometimes even on the wrappers of candy bars. The reality was in about 30 years ago, in the business world, they went through this metamorphosis where they decided that it was really, really important to make sure that whatever they was doing was backed by mission and vision. And the idea was, was something like this, that if you work out a mission and you work out a vision and you work beyond profit, that somehow, someway, your, your corporation, your organization, your nonprofit would be more profitable. In fact, Simon Sinek writes a whole book just on the fact that companies that work out a mission and work out a vision are the companies that stay around for the long haul. But here's the reality. Uh, the difference, you know, there's mission vision everywhere, but the difference between kind of mission just written on a wall, that's, that's kind of typed on a website, or that's spoken in the message, the difference between what we hear and all the stuff that, let's be real, usually ends up on the trash heap of history, the difference is mission and vision engagement. We can talk forever about mission and vision at Salem Fields Community Church, but unless we help you to engage the mission and vision, all it is is a bunch of words. So we want to try to help you to engage the mission and vision in exciting ways. See, because we believe that increased mission and vision engagement will not only change Salem Fields Community Church, but I believe it can change America and it can change the globe. And you might say, well, James, that's so audacious. That's such a fanciful statement. I don't, I don't believe so because I believe that, that our mission to know Jesus by belonging and to carry his hope, real hope, to anyone, everywhere, I believe that that's mission that can change the world. I believe that when a person comes to know Jesus, and I'm not talking about knowing about Jesus, I'm talking about when a person comes to know Jesus and, and it gets deep inside of them, it has the ability to transform them from the inside out and not only transform them, but transform people around them. Here's the reality. At 12 year old, there's a, a neighbor that came knocking on my door I didn't know he was a pastor up the road, but he came knocking on my door to, invo to invite me to vacation Bible school. And, and he put up with that. They put up with a lot of stuff because I wasn't a church kid. But, but here's the reality. The reality is I began to know Jesus and he got inside of me deep down inside and because of that, the world has changed. People around me have changed. I've preached all over the globe. See, when we get that in us and we're transformed by it, God will use us to transform people all around us. So let me start by talking about some Salem Fields Community Church about us statements, our mission, what we are called to do. We exist to know Jesus by belonging and share his real hope with anyone, everywhere. Our vision, why we are called to do it. We help belongers know Jesus and share hope by connecting, by serving, by reaching, and by giving. Our method, how we accomplish our mission, using multiple campuses of faith and communities of faith, live, home, online and global, we help belongers connect locally in church, 
in the cubicle, in the cul-de-sac. We help belongers serve humbly in the community faith and the culture. We help belongers reach globally through global campuses and local ministry partners. And we help belongers serve sacrificially our time with our time, our treasures at home and church and beyond. And then what do we do? Our ministry. We do worship. We do next generation ministry to children and students. We do life groups. We do and we do global outreach. I made my own word. Global and local. Global outreach. <laughs> so that's what we do. Those are our about us statements. But those are just statements unless we help you to engage those statements. And so what I want to talk about now is, is what are we going to do to help you engage those statements. Here's the reality. When I started here about seven or eight months ago, I shared with you what it means to be a belonger. And then I shared some belongers' rights and responsibilities. And when I talked about responsibilities, uh, rights, excuse me, I talked about you have the right to expect from your pastoral team, your leaders, that we will do this, 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 and this. Well, this morning, I want to share with you how your pastoral team, your leadership team, will help you engage the vision. See, I, I believe this. Many people in the church are, are caught in the gap between attending church and being a part of it. And if we're not careful, we will just kind of fit into our culture, our consumer-driven culture that pressures churches to be consumer-driven as well. In today's culture, it's just easy. It's just easy to be a belonger, to, who, 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 who listen to the worship that we like to listen to, who listen to messages that we just want to hear, and then return to life as usual, untransformed, unchecked, unchallenged. When this happens, the problem is not mission or vision. It's a failure on our part to help you engage and be involved in the mission. But here's the deal. We're not satisfied here. I'm not satisfied as your pastor, your pastoral team, your leadership team. We're not satisfied with consumer-driven Christianity. We're not satisfied with consumer-driven belonging because we understand that in a post-COVID society, that engagement and, 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 and involvement in the mission is what will help us to achieve, us, achieve mission. Most of us know the difference between mission and vision, engagement, and just checking off the boxes. Like, like we kind of know the difference between attending and showing up and really having some skin in the game. It's like the joke that went around that, uh, of, a, of a chicken and a pig uh, being willing to provide breakfast for people. And the pig says to the chicken, all you're doing, all you're doing is giving a contribution. For me to provide bacon, I've got to have skin in the game. See, see, we know, we know the difference between checking off the boxes and people having skin in the game. Think about it. How many people want a person, want a spouse who's a check-off-the-box spouse? Any takers? How many people want a check-off-the-box doctor? Or, or maybe let's say a check-off-the-box dentist. Any takers? Like, like we don't want check-off-the-box people. We want people who have skin in the game. It, it, after all, that's what Jesus did, right? 
God could have been a check off the box God, but no, no, no. What he does is he moves into the neighborhood. He puts skin, flesh and blood on and he lives among us and he goes through what we go through except the sin and he dies a sinner's death and he gets up on Sunday morning and then as if that wasn't enough, he sends his Holy Spirit because he has skin in the game. Who wants to check off the box pastor? Who wants to check off the box savior? You don't want check off the box people in relationships. And we don't want check off the box belongers. We want you to have skin in the game. In order for that to happen, we have got to equip you and help you to engage the vision. Here's the deal. There are many, there aren't many hills that I will die on. There aren't many hills that I will die on. But when it comes to your pastor, the thing that I will die on is mission and vision. Because I don't know anything more important than knowing Jesus. I don't know anything more important than to take real hope to anyone everywhere. If you know something more important than that, if you know something that can change lives better than that, then give yourself to it. But my, from my perspective, I don't know anything more important. And so I'm willing to put skin in the game. So for the next couple of weeks, our focus is going to be helping you engage the mission, mission and the vision of Salem Fields Community Church. See, because mission and vision engagement is key, is key to church body and spiritual growth. Let me tell you about a couple of principles. The principle I want to talk to you about is what I call the 2080 principle or the 80-20 principle or rule that suggests that 20% of the people do 80% of the work while 80% of the people just kind of sit back and enjoy it all. So, so you got 20% of the people who have skin in the game and you have 80% of the people who are enjoying the skin that the 20% of the people have in the game, right? And so that's what happens in culture. That's what happens in organizations and corporations. And it can happen in the church as well. But here's the deal. When Jesus called his 12 apostles and put them together, there was no such thing as, as 20% involvement because they left houses and they left jobs and they left careers and they had skin in the game and they followed Jesus three and a half years. Because there's nowhere in the New Testament where the New Testament talks about an 80-20 principle. The New Testament always talks about being fully engaged. Remember the Acts folks who gave their stuff away and they came together and no one claimed their own stuff, but they came together and they turned the world upside down because they had skin in the game. See, mission engagement and vision engagement is about calling people, equipping people and challenging the people of God to do the work of ministry. It's the difference between kind of just a maintenance church, the difference between a declining church, an incremental growth church, or a church that is growing by leaps and bounds. And growth is not just about people showing up. It's about growing deep 
like the song talked about, and growing deeper into faith with God. And, and mission engagement, mission involvement turns every belonger into a, into a person, into a person of God that, that we can count on as we make the mission achievable in our day. Here's the deal. The future of Salem Fields Community Church depends on our ability to engage you as belongers. We could build a better and cooler and more hip or more attractive church, but it's not the best way to achieve our mission. In fact, usually when that's your goal, you usually fail. And here's the deal, it's not the way to reach the next generation. There's this sense out there that says to reach the next generation, you got to be cool, you got to be hip, you got to be engaged and all of that kind of stuff. But here's the reality. The next generation does not care about cool and hip. Zoomers and millennials, you know what they want? They want a mission that they can give their lives to. And when they find that mission, they will give their lives to it. Let me give you a definition for mission and vision engagement. Mission and vision engagement happens when belongers move beyond spectator mode and begin playing their God-given and equipped part in the mission. So, so for the rest of this message, here's what I want to do. I want to share with you the top 10 Selling Fields Community Church engagement steps, the top 10 things that we want to do as your leadership team to help you engage the vision. Because as I said at the beginning, if all we do is have a mission and vision statement and we can't help and equip you to engage it, they're just words on the screen. They're just a nice little saying that ends up on the dust bin of history. You know, Jesus, in his, his last words to his disciples, told them to go and make disciples of all nations, baptize them, and teach them to obey everything that he had taught them. And he said, I'd be with you as you do this. What's the difference in that mission statement just being words on the dustbin of history and changing the world around us? It's engagement. It's a mission and vision engagement. Because some disciples, even, even though they didn't quite know about it, they stayed in Jerusalem and in the upper room. And God poured out his spirit in such a way that it empowered them to go and change the world. And, and they were so empowered and they were so in and they had so much skin in the game that a number of the apostles, history tells us, died for their skin in the game. I had a buddy of mine said the, says, say this, and I love it. God's not necessarily asking us to die. He's asking us to engage, to give it all, to put skin in the game. And we want to help you with that. So the first thing that we got to do if we're going to help you engage is we got to destroy this 80-20 rule. The rule that I talked about earlier, we got to destroy that. We got to do away with that. There cannot be, it doesn't work for organizations, it doesn't work for corporations, it doesn't work for nonprofits, and it doesn't work for the church. So we got to destroy it. And how do we destroy it? We can't afford to have 20% of the belongers doing 80% 
of the work. Because what it does is when that happens, what happens is it, it impacts the way we give, not just money, but give our time and our talents. Acts 4.32 says like this, the whole congregation of believers was united in one heart, one mind. They didn't even claim ownership of their own possessions. No one said, this mine, you can't have it. They shared everything. So it impacts, if, if we use a 2080 principle, if, if we kind of do that, it will impact the way we give and it will impact the way we minister. Because here's a reality, we need you. We need everyone involved. And, and sometimes you have people who serve and they minister because they just, they love to minister. But here's what we know. If you just give out and give out and give out and you get nothing back or you don't get a break every now and then, what happens is you burn out. You burn out. And then ministry begins to wane. So the future of our ministry growth, success, depends on the whole body of Christ working together. Ephesians says it like this. God wants us to grow up, to know the whole truth, and tell it in love like Christ in everything. We take our lead from Christ, who's the source of everything we do. He keeps, up, keeps us, he keeps us in step with each other. His very breath and blood flows through us, nourishing us so that we will grow up healthy in God, robust in love. See, healthy churches, we destroy the 80-20 principle, not perpetuate it. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to, we're going to challenge you we're going to challenge you to do ministry and thus destroy this principle. Number two, we will measure define success. We will measure define success. Peter Drucker, in his great management book, uh, talks about the fact that you can't get people more engaged if they don't understand what engagement means or they don't understand the level of engagement that they're already involved in. And here's the reality. The same thing works for the church. We can't ask you to be better engaged if you don't know how engaged you are. Because sometimes people just believe that showing up is engagement. That's all that needs to be done. We've got to help you understand. And the way that we do that is, first of all, we define success. You know what success is? Success is when people are knowing Christ, they're belonging, and they're sharing hope by connection, by serving by giving, by reaching. That's what success is. And so we want to define that. And, and we're going to do a better job letting you know when we're being successful and when we're not. We're going, to, we're going to begin to put together metrics, metrics that maybe talk about the percentage of congregation participation in life groups. You know what my goal is for life groups? To have 100% participation. Like, James, man, 100%? Yeah, you know what a life group is? A life group is a group that's smaller than a community, a congregation, right? And, and it allows for us to come together and to connect with one another. A small group, which is one type of life group, is about Bible study and accountability. But a life group is a bigger umbrella. And, and we want everyone to connect in some type of life group that will help you connect with other belongers, where you can work together to serve, to give, to reach, and to connect. 
That's a goal. Maybe we, we want to talk about the percentage of people who give regularly in a congregation. Maybe we would talk about the percentage of people who serve in outreach ministries. But we want to define and then measure our success and let you know about it. Because if you don't know whether we're succeeding or not, you might think everything's going great. It's our job to say to you, well, in this area, we're not doing well. We need your help. We need you to engage. We need to you to encourage your friends to, to jump on board, to, to engage the vision. Hebrews says it like this, Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. Let's see how inventive we can be and encouraging love and helping out, not avoiding worship together as some do, but spurring each other on, especially as we see the big day approaching. Number three, we will address the bystander, bystander effect. Have you ever heard the bystander effect? It's the effect that causes individuals to assume everyone else is doing the right thing. In a large group of people, there's a psychological process where, where people can just think that it's being done, right? Have you, maybe it, this, this became extremely popular when a lady was attacked and killed in broad daylight with a whole bunch of people around her. And everyone else assumed that someone was going to call the police, that someone was going to help her, that someone was going to engage her, and no one did it. The problem sometimes with the church is this, that everyone can sit in the seats and assume that someone else is doing it. You come in, you see the seats set up, you get online and you see somebody hosting the online service. You see the website done, you, you see greeters, whatever the case might be, and you can assume that it's just happening, so I don't need to be involved. Let me say to you, we need you. Because here's what I know. You have talents, you have gifts, you have graces that God wants to use in the church. He's given them to you, and he wants to use them. In fact, I am totally convinced for us to achieve the mission and the vision that God has given us, everyone who's a belonger needs to somehow have skin in the game. And you might say, well, James, well, my talent really doesn't work on the stage. Well, there's, there's, a, there's, there's like 20 to 30 people who are working behind the scenes or more to make what happens on the stage happens. You might say, James, well, well I, I don't know if my gift will work. Well, let us work on that. Let us work, let us work and, and help you discover your gift. And, and I bet you that we can find a place that you can plug in. If I could look at you individually, one at a time, I would say to you, we need you. We need your gifts. We need your graces. We need your feedback. We need your critique. We need you because we're better together. When all of us are engaging, when all of us have skin in the game, we are better together. So we will address the stand the bystander effect. Number four, we will get to know you better and engage you more. Here's the deal. If we don't know you, we can't engage you. So we will get to know you better. We will do things like constantly get feedback from you and, and have spiritual gift surveys because we want to know your gifts so that we know how to engage you. 
and, and, and things that will bring you energy. Here's what I've discovered in, in my journey in ministry. There are things that bring me energy and there are things that sap my energy. Have you ever been, I mean, maybe you don't know what, maybe you don't know what saps your, what gives you energy, but I can guarantee you, you know things that you are involved in that sap your energy and strength. I guarantee you know those. You know what saps my energy? Big meetings. I, I just, I I get no energy from big meetings. But I can sit with you one or two, and, and we can have a conversation, and we can just, I, I, it'll just bring me all the energy in the world. We want to get you involved in. We want to engage you at things that bring you energy and not things that sap your energy. Because here's the deal. If you're constantly involved in something that saps your energy, you know what you're going to do? You're going to say Later. Because you got enough stuff already sapping your energy. You got enough stuff that you're doing that saps your energy. You want something that brings you energy. Number five, we will speak the language of fuller engagement. What do I mean by that? Every time we say, I'm going to church, every time we say, Welcome to church, what we're doing is we're saying to you that the church is a building. Or the church is an online situation when you're the church. I'm the church. We are the church, the people. So, so we're not going to church. We're gathering as the church, whether we do it online or at home or live here or globally. We're gathering as the church. You are the church. And, and because you're the church, when, when, when you get involved and you engage the mission, then we're working together and the church succeeds together or fails together. We got to get out of this mindset that the church is a building. The building is a resource place that allows the church and helps the church achieve mission. But we, the people, you, you and I, belongers, we're the church. See, I believe belongers see clearly the cost of uh, an effect of relationships between our involvement and our influence. And when we begin to see that, it changes everything. Number six, we will disciple you as you serve the mission and vision. See, here's the deal. The old, the old church works something like this. Feed me, feed me. I, I, give me more Bible studies, and when you feed me and I get equipped and I know everything I'm supposed to know and I got my doctrine right, when I get all that stuff right, then I can go out and minister. But that's not the Jesus model. What was Jesus doing? For three and a half years, he was pouring himself into people, and then he was sending them out. He was sending them out as he poured into them. And sometimes they knew exactly what they were doing, and sometimes they didn't know what they were doing at all. But he kept on pouring into them and sending them out because he knew that as they went out and trial and error happened, they would begin to grow. Here's a good example of it. One day they come back, and they've been sent out, and they say, well, Jesus, you know, uh, we've seen you drive out demons, and we tried to do it, and it wasn't working. It didn't work for us. We didn't have the mojo. And Jesus said to them, some things happen only through prayer and fasting. So you know what happened? I guarantee you what happened is those disciples and apostles began to pray and fast. 
because they wanted to impact people. They wanted the mission to go forward. And here's the deal. I, I believe that diet without exercise messes up our spiritual porker belt. You know, some of us have our, our spiritual belt buckle on the last little, I mean, we're, we're taking and drilling holes, new holes, because we've eaten so much and we've eaten so much and we've been fed and fed and fed and we don't do any exercise. Here's what we'll do. We will disciple you as you get involved. As you serve the mission and vision, James says it this way, don't fool yourself into thinking that you're a listener when you're anything but letting the word go in one ear and out the other. Act on what you hear. That action on what you're hearing, that is about, that's the exercise part, right? You're hearing, right? That's the diet part, right? And the exercise part is walking it out. Act on what you hear. Those who hear and don't act are like those who glance in the mirror and walk away and two minutes later have no idea who they are and what they look like. We're transformed by obeying and following Christ, not by filling our brains with all kinds of theological ideas and constructs. The New Testament portrays discipleship as something that's, something that's acquired through service. See, because we can't be belongers. We can't be disciples if we don't put into action what we're hearing. And so God calls us. He calls us to to put into action what we're hearing. And as we do that, you'd be surprised how we become disciples. Here's the reality. The great model of discipleship is Jesus living with 12 people, pouring into them, on the job training. And that way, and that way, when he's done, when he went back to heaven, they weren't just kind of following some teacher. They were engaged. They were engaged in a purpose, in a mission. And so when he went back to heaven, they kept on going, and the world was turned upside down. John says like this, but if you make yourself at home with me, and my words are at home in you, you can be sure that whatever you ask will be listened to and acted upon Number seven, we will help you get involved. We know that there are belongers and pre-belongers who want to engage the mission, but there's one small problem. They don't know what to do. So we, as your leaders, we will, we will help you to understand what needs to be done and we will, we will begin to produce lists and places of ministry and, and write ministry descriptions because you should not have to be on an insider. You should not have to know a special person or go through a special code to know how to serve in the kingdom and how to engage the mission. You shouldn't have to know the right people. Here's the reality. If you have to hunt, if you have to go through three layers, if you have to go through three layers of red tape to get to do ministry, you know what's going to happen? You'll move back into that 80-20 principle thing. You'll say, this is too hard. So we promise to you that we will make it easier. We will make known what we need and how you can engage it. Number eight, we will reward engagement. We want to reward engagement. 
I know in, in, in ministry you serve humbly and you don't want anybody to know, but we want to say that's what it looks like to engage. And so we will begin to share stories of ministries, of, of ministry leaders who are engaging the vision and the outcomes of that ministry. An example would be at Smith Station. Our Smith Station crew did some meals and put some meals together and took them to teachers. And those teachers, are, they, they felt appreciated. They, they felt like people cared about them. That's mission engagement. That's what we're, what we're about. And so we will continue to do stuff like that. We had a, we had a men's group that, that came over and cut all the grass, and they just kind of came over as the whole team. And they, and they cut the grass, and, and I showed up, and, and everything looked great. And I thought, that's mission engagement. When you take a Saturday off and you spend a Saturday in the hot sun cutting grass and trimming and different things like that, that's mission engagement. We want to tell those stories. We want to reward engagement. Nine, we will model personal mission and vision investment. Jesus tells us that we're our treasurers. Where we invest ourselves, there our heart will be also. So we want to model what it means to have skin in the game, to have our treasure being the things of God, because it's a reality. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So what are the things that you're treasuring? What are the things that are important to you? You don't have to look very far. What do you spend your time on? What does your, what does your checkbook, your bank account say? How are you using your talents? Well, if you look at all three of those things, whatever you see at the top of those things, that's where your heart is. And so because of that, Jesus encouraged us to align our heart with the things that break his heart, to align our hearts with his mission of changing the world one life at a time, one eternity at a time. And so we want to help you with that. Here's the beauty of church and mission and vision engagement. When we do it, when we get involved, we become more invested in the life and mission of our church. And when we do that, you know what ends up happening? We get excited about it. And then when we get excited about it, we'll invite other people to join us in the community of faith. I had a conversation with a person walking out in the nine o'clock service. And, and I asked the couple, I said, hey, how did you get here? How did you find out about Selim Fields Community Church? And they said, hey, I had somebody in my house and they were doing some work for me and they were preparing some things. And we began to have a conversation. We began to fellowship together and we had just moved back to the area. And this person said, you should try out this church. You should try out my church, Selim Fields Community Church. And he said, the, the guy was excited about it. And so he showed up this Sunday to check out the church because someone was engaged in the mission and vision and they were excited about it and they told someone else about it. Number 10, last but not least, we will only do things that directly align with our mission and vision. We will only do things that directly align with our mission and vision. Rick Warren says it this way, people give to vision not to need. 
People get the vision not to need. Here's the deal. We want to we want to be about mission and vision here. And, and I, like I said, I don't know any mission that's more important than people knowing Jesus and and having his real hope. So so we're going to do the things that align with that. And we're going to we're going to stay away from what I call mission slippage where we get involved in a whole bunch of things that don't engage mission and vision, that aren't about our mission and vision. Because there are a whole bunch of things that we can do, and they're good things. But the necessary things are the things that help us as we help people know Jesus and belong and share his hope, real hope, with anyone everywhere. That means sometimes I'm going to just say, that doesn't, that doesn't align. Maybe it'll, have to, it'll be a life group, right? Maybe it'll be a life group. There are all kinds of things that can happen in life group, but they don't need to be a main ministry of the church. We're going to do the things that directly align with mission and vision. I'm excited about where God's taken us. I'm excited about the challenge of engaging you, of helping you, and helping us get skin in the game. Because I don't believe there's anything more important than people knowing Jesus and sharing his hope, real hope, with anyone, anywhere. Would you pray with me? Father God, I thank you so much that you've given us this amazing mission and vision helping belongers to connect through reaching and serving and giving. Father, would you help us? Would you help us help belongers and pre-belongers to have skin in the game? And Father, I never want to end a service like this without giving people an opportunity to know you as Lord and Savior, for that is why we exist. And so maybe someone is listening to me online today or even in the seats here, who, who don't know you as Lord. And Father, they can pray a prayer simply like this. Lord, thank you for doing ministry and having skin in the game. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to live and to die and get up on Sunday morning for me. Thank you, Father, that you are the God who comes in and forgives me and promises to live inside of me and change me from the inside out. I want that today, Lord. I want that. And I believe that if you pray a prayer like that, God will answer that prayer. And maybe there's some belongers here who've just been kind of attendees and who have had no skin in the game. And you, you, you might say today, James, uh, I want to get skin in the game, but it's going to cost me something, and I don't, I don't know if I'm willing to sacrifice that which it will, cost, it will cost me. There's a little thing that we talk about all the time in the church. It's called surrender. Maybe waving the white flag, tapping out, and saying, God, here I am. I don't have the ability to do this on my own, but you can do it. And so here I am. I fully surrender myself to you. Come inside of me and reprioritize my life 
reprioritize my talents, my time, and my treasure, reprioritize my relationships, my connections, reprioritize my service. And Father, give me a life mission that's about you and eternity. And if you pray that prayer, God's more willing to answer that prayer than you are to pray it. Father, we thank you for all that you're doing. We give you praise in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, there's a couple of cards that I want to tell you about. This card today I have on your seats, and this card is a way that you can begin today to engage the vision. Maybe you don't have it all figured out. Maybe you need to take the card home and pray about it some more, but it's a way that you can say, I will engage the vision. It talks about the different campuses, and it talks about praying, giving, serving, and reaching. Maybe today the way you're going to engage a vision, you're just going to, you're going to, you're going to get home and you're going to take out your mobile app or go, you're going to go online and you're going to give something for India, for the India COVID project. I don't know how you're going to do it, but we would love for you to record that and drop that off or send it to us at info at selenfields.com so that we can help you engage. And then secondly, uh, you have another card on your seats, or, and you can get it if you're online. You can get both of those cards online. The first one you can get at www.selenfields.com slash state of the church. And this one you can get by my decision today. But, but maybe you made a decision today. We want to hear about it. The decisions you can make is to belong to Jesus, to connect locally, to serve humbly, to reach globally, or to give sacrificially. We want to know about that. Write it down. Write that down. Put your name, your email. We want to follow up with you, not to chase you and be in your stuff. We just want to help you with the decision that you made. Here's the deal. The reason why I do this, the reason why I've done this for more than 30 years is because I don't know anything that's more important than people knowing Jesus. I will give my life for that. And I'm excited that God has called me back here to this community, to my community, to help people do just that. Love you guys. The usher is going to dismiss you in a moment. Have a great day. We see you next weekend. Hey everyone, I hope you really uh, figured out a way that you can engage with the uh, vision here at Salem Fields Community Church. If you want more information about that, please email us at info at salemfields.com or just reach out to Pastor James at james at salemfields.com. Um, you know, if you want to uh, also kind of hear more about uh, in-depth uh, discussion on what took place uh, today in today's message, please uh, join us for the deeper dive every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Um, you can go to our Facebook page and uh, engage there. And um, again, uh, make sure that you're filling out that card of, of making my decision and letting us know uh, here at Salem Fields how we can uh, get you connected here. And um, we're excited about that. We hope you all have a great week. And again, happy Mother's Day to everyone. And we will see you again next Sunday. God bless.